Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. All right, I want us to just open up the word today and study. This has been, we've been in a sermon series on equipping the saints, and it's actually a sermon series that I was really stirred up by the Lord. Nate, Pastor Nate and I, and I just said, Nate, the Lord just keeps speaking to me. We need to equip the saints. Like, we're in a time and a season. How many people recognize the birth pains are here? Have you ever read Matthew 24 and 28 about the end times, and Jesus says, you will have birth pains, you know? And I'm like, we are in that. And I felt really really strongly the Lord kept speaking to me about Ephesians that we need to equip the saints and I think that's what we try to do every Sunday every life group every Tuesday and Thursday in worship and prayer but I felt intentionally I kept seeing a picture of our body just building this incredible deep root system and going up and so I just want to challenge us today I'm going to talk about maturity and self-discipline isn't that fun oh everyone's like why did I come no Anyway, our two favorite topics, right? Anyway, but truly, that is the picture I keep seeing, and he keeps speaking to me again and again on this, and I can't not talk about it, because I really feel this church, this body of believers, even the new believers, go in this acceleration and grow and mature so quickly. And I see you all just running after the things of God. Worship is amazing to me, because as soon as they start strumming, you're all in. And that's not like it everywhere. And I know we did a long series on Acts, and I think Acts is also a part of what I want to talk about today. In that church, in the New Testament church, there was incredible revival, right? By the thousands they were coming to Jesus. By the hundreds, cities were saved. And then what happened, there was incredible persecution, and the church just spread out, and it just kept going. I've read a number of history books on it as well, and in these secular history books put out by Oxford Press, you'll hear about the Christians who impacted the cities. And I think it was such an incredible move of God that took place. And you know, as you listen to the prophetic and the prophecies over 2022, those are two things that keep coming back. That there's gonna be great revival, but what great revival also comes persecution. And you know what, when we are mature Christians, when we know Jesus, it's not a problem. We're walking with him and he's gonna see us through and we will be overcomers. And we will see cities and nations come to Jesus. I really believe it. We will see that happen. And I also wanna lay a foundation for that next generation. That everything we are doing and everything, every ground we are taking and pressing into, we can hand off to the next generation. In our families, in our church family, in our life groups. God, I'm excited for what you're gonna do. I just say, God, I'm just, I'm anticipating an incredible, incredible thing. And it's already happening. I already see it. It is so fun to be together. Can I just say that too? This is so good. Thank you, Jesus. We, our chairs came in Friday. They were supposed to come, I think, January 3rd, and they came Friday, and Pastor Nate and I were here early, and so we got chairs. (laughs) But we are so grateful we're all together. Anyway. So equipping the saints. Father God, right now I want to pray over us as a body of believers as we study the word today that this goes into ground that will grow deep, that it'll go deep in our spirit, that we would grow and we would mature into the things that you have for us. I pray for each one in this room, God, that we encounter you, Jesus, today through the worship and through the word as your word speaks such life to us. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we give you access to our hearts. Move in us, Jesus. Moving us. 
Amen. As I was preparing for this, I kept thinking of a potter I know. And she, we were at a ladies' retreat, and she was spinning a pot. I don't even know. I don't have the language. Is Brooke here today? She should help me. She's a potter. Anyway, she was spinning on that wheel thing. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, and she took this lump of clay, and she said, this is like us. You know, he's a potter. We're the clay, and he's molding and making us. And as she began to move, you know, the spinning, and it's coming and forming, all of a sudden, something wasn't right, right, and so she smashed it again. And then she said, God sometimes has to take us and start over and start, let's work on this. Let's change some things. And then she did it again. And she kept, it stuck with me for so long. And as I was preparing for this, you're going to laugh at how my brain works. This is modern day pottery. Anyway, I was thinking of Legos, okay? (laughs) How many parents in this room and have, I mean, my adult kids still say, don't get rid of those Legos. I have moved my house with Lego bins, (laughs) with spheres of whatever made. And I'm like, they love their Legos. How many parents can relate to this, right? So everyone kind of has a grasp on what Legos look like, and some of you are young enough to have enjoyed Legos as a kid, and now you're an adult. It wasn't a thing when I was a kid, but you know, I was thinking of how we would build things, and we'd make this incredible base, and then you'd start putting it together, and then there's pieces you just have to take off and put back in, and as I was preparing this, the Lord kept saying, I take you from glory to glory, and in that process, in that glory to glory, sometimes What you go from, you leave pieces of the old man there and you go to that next glory. And then I begin to work on you in a way that I haven't worked before. And you leave a piece of that old man and you become more like me. And I was being stirred on this and I thought, God, do I dare share the Lego testimony? No, but I thought, that's exactly what you're doing. You know, I have people say, I don't feel like I can do this. I don't know if I get this. You know what? We're never perfect. We've never arrived, none of us. We are growing and he's taking us from glory to glory. He's imparting to us, he's changing us, he's molding us, he's making us. Ephesians 4, let's go to our key scripture. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Do you know I believe all of those five gifts of Christ are within this body here, operating even in the marketplace? I don't believe this is for church necessarily. I believe we do operate in this, all five in our church, but I do believe every one of us are equipped in one of these gifts of Christ or multiple to see a city changed. I know apostles in the marketplace who are radically moving and praying with people and building things. I know pastors who in the marketplace are having these Bible studies every week and pastoring a group from their their office. I know a number of you in this church that do that. You're pastors and you're teaching the word. This isn't just for the church. So when we read this, think of you in your place, in your world. It's for equipping the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but speaking 
speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of its, itself in love. Wow. That's a, quite a list of things. You know, tossed back and forth in the waves, carried by every wind, every doctrine, by trickery. We need to know the word, but also we need discernment. In these times and in these hours with the communication that's coming at us that isn't truth, we need to know those two things. We need to be in a community where you can ask questions and be discipled and say, hey, I'm not sure this is truth. Can you show me in the word? And you have people that can say, yeah, let me show you. That isn't, but this is what God says. I was looking at a study this week on, um, they were saying, you hit, I, I wish I had it, I don't have it in front of me, but basically you're the most productive in your life in, in your 60s and 70s. And I thought, awesome, I am not quite there yet. Um, anyway, and I thought, you know, the world would say you're tired, you're weary, it's time to retire and quit. But what does the scripture say about that? He says the latter reign is gonna be greater than the former. And you know, he really values wisdom. When you read Proverbs, he talks about gray-haired people, <laughs> that they're important and that they're wise. You know, he values what we carry as we grow older. But I want you to know, if you are saying I'm close to retirement, you're not, you're just starting. <laughs> just like, that's what God says. It's just the beginning, right? All right, so we need, we need those wise people within the body to share with others. We have incredible life groups that are led by people that ha carry incredible wisdom. If you are looking for one, please contact the office or talk to Pastor Nate or myself. We would love to connect you with one. And to have that ability to discern spirits, this is what it's talking about, to equip the saints to be able to discern spirits. You know, it's... So much of what we live as Christians is absolutely opposite of the world. We have a thing at home, you guys will know the name. Is it TiVo, where you record things? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I love it, I don't have to watch commercials. Well somehow, we were watching, I like football, right? So we're watching and there's commercials and all that jazz and I love when I can move ahead and get away from it. And at one point, we got caught up, so I had to watch commercials. <laughs> I don't ever really watch commercials. And I was appalled at what I was seeing. I thought, I haven't watched commercials in a long time. But you guys, this is so opposite of the kingdom of God. What we see, what is being filtered into our brains again and again. And I thought, oh, we gotta raise up these kids to know discernment, to be able to say these are not the things of God and these are. Oh, you guys, we need this. This is maturity. This is us growing up in the things of God. And then it talks about speaking the truth in love. You know, and there's this piece of also receiving it too, of saying we want to grow, and in a culture that wants to grow, we have to be okay and brave communicators to say, you know what, that's not right. Let's bring an adjustment and a correction, and let's move forward. It's done in love. When we practice the prophetic, that is ground rule number one, is you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and you have to be okay with correction. You have to be okay with us saying, you know what, that doesn't line up with scripture, but keep trying, keep listening, keep hearing. You get it? 
We need to be okay with that, you guys. Growing in all aspects of him. Each person carries a part of Jesus. You know, we carry him in us. He came so that we could be Jesus to this world, to share that life. So the self-control piece, aren't you glad I brought maturity up today? (laughs) I was like, this is probably the fruit of the spirit. I just like, God help me have more self-control, right? Self-control is maturity. We as humans love to pick that path of least resistance, don't we? Ooh, yeah, let's just go there because it's easy. And a lot of times Jesus is saying, this is it, I call people who lay down their life for me. This path might not be easy, but it's the best and there will be blessings in it. There'll be prosperity in it. So self-control. Jesus even said when he came to earth, he said, you know, it was the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You know, that suffering, he endured, but he said it was the joy set before him. You know, sometimes this walk might not be easy, but that's part of maturing. It's that going from glory to glory, taking that Lego piece out and leaving it in there and going to that next thing where he's gonna mold and shape us. You know, there's, when we talk about the spiritual warfare, Pastor Nate's gonna talk about that next time he preaches. You know, there's battles raging and this is what this is about, equipping the saints to have discernment of this. But as we grow and mature, some of those mountains are easier to take. Now Jason and Tony stand up here and say, any of you who have a financial mountain, come and pray because I have faith because I saw my mountain melt like wax. Amen? Ted will pray with anyone who has kidney problems because he was healed of a kidney. He should be on dialysis fully, but he was fully healed. And he will pray with anyone for kidneys because he knows that mountain can melt like wax. But that was a piece in that season when it was difficult. We had to turn to Jesus. I mean, we really sought him. You guys sought him. I remember praying with you in D school and God took a piece of us and changed us and molded us and made us more mature. Do you see what I'm saying? He's moving in every one of us. We're not perfect yet, but we're growing. We're getting more like him. So discipline. Speech is a huge one. The power of our tongue, of life and death. You know, that's a huge one. And even controlling your speech. There's sometimes I'd like to go, and I'm like, I can't say anything. You know, to know when to speak and when not to speak. To know when to confront something and when not to. To have that wisdom and know the power that's in your tongue. Self-control over our feelings, that your feelings don't rule you, that they don't control you. Whoa, huh? That's a concept. Jesus needs to control those areas of our life. And we walk consistently, unchanging, unshakable faith. I was thinking about self-control and I thought of people that I really respect their walk and I know them and they're like kind of my heroes. I always call them my heroes and I love to watch their walks. And you know, one thing I've noticed in different ones, when they are going through the most difficult season of their life and one I'm thinking of right now, he's been in it for a long time and he is one of mine and Ted's heroes. You would never know. There's joy all over his face. He always has a testimony to share. He's always encouraging everyone. He is unshakable. He's steadfast. He's consistent, and that's maturity. It doesn't matter what we're facing. We know our God is big enough for this. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve. It doesn't mean that we don't have those hard days. It doesn't mean that you're not human. But it's where we put it, in him. In him, we're able to grow. Hmm. 
Outrageous generosity is another discipline. You know, it's another maturity thing. But it's not just in finances. I see those that are mature in their faith are looking for people to bless versus how can I be blessed? How can I be served? You know, they're not a consumer at church. They're not a consumer in the world. They're one who goes, who am I supposed to touch today? Who am I supposed to go after? Does that make sense? That's a maturity when our eyes shift from off of us into onto him and that we're partnering with him to see a world changed. That's us growing up in maturity. Another one is humility. We're quick to forgive and walk humbly before our God. That's a big one, right? Unoffendable. When I was preparing this, I was like thinking of things in my past that used to really bug me. (laughs) Until the Lego was removed and then I went here. And now it doesn't bug me as much, right? An unoffendable heart is, you know, offense is in the scriptures with some heavy duty sins when you look at it. We are supposed to be unoffendable. Wow, what does that look like? You know, I've noticed with mature Christians, it is difficult to offend them. (laughs) You know, some of our heroes have been in the front line of the move of God. With cessationists saying, healing isn't for today and you are not of the Lord and da 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 da. And they're like, I know the word of God and I know him. I'm not gonna battle you, but I'm gonna keep walking and do what I know to do. They're unshakable. They're unoffendable. They don't let those things bother them. They shake it off and they move on. Because you know why? They know whose they are. They know they're his. And they know who they are in Christ. Pastor Nate talked about that. That we know our identity and the more we know who we are in Christ, it brings that maturity in us to say, you know what, you can say all you want but it won't shake me because I know and I live for one. I don't live for an audience approval, I live for one. Unshakable faith. You know, you never arrive. I was thinking about this as I'm talking about it. These ones that I you know, say are my heroes, they would say this is to you as well, is we never arrive. We're always going from glory to glory, that doesn't end. We're gonna go into eternity and enter glory, right? We're always changing, we're always molding, we're always becoming more like him, we're always going lower, laying our lives down more and more. In Philippians four, Paul even talks about it. When you think about the scripture, and you think about who in the scripture probably was really mature, who wrote most of the Bible of the New Testament, Paul, I want you to read in Philippians four what he says. Know that I have already obtained all this and have already arrived, no, not that I have already attained all of this and have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards what is ahead for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He is saying, I have not arrived yet. I have not yet obtained this. I am pressing on ahead. I'm leaving what's behind. And you know, as Christians, mature ones are able to say, okay, that's under his feet, I'm done. I'm not bringing that up again and I'm moving on. I'm pressing on. There's a tenacity that we need to have to say our eyes are so locked on him and that we know what we're called to do and know what we're running after. 
I believe everyone in this room who's been a part of this church plant gets that. It takes a tenacity. How many homes have we had? Seven, right? Or whatever it was, eight, maybe eight. We were laughing in discipleship school because a lot of them haven't been in the journey from the beginning and some of you haven't. And I'm going to tell you a funny story, which has nothing to do with this, but it'll make you laugh. But in the beginning, we were in a clinic in a basement and we had this room and it stung. How many people remember the basement? Stinky basement. And we had a speaker there, or maybe we didn't. Maybe it was just another night. We decided to do a fire tunnel. And if you know what a fire tunnel is, you just kind of line up and you pray over everyone. So everyone gets prayer from all the leaders, right? So they just walk through and we call it a fire tunnel because we're praying over them. Well, God started to move in great measure and people were flopping out and we were all over and we had no more room. So we went in the elevator and we put people in there and went up to the second floor and dropped them off because we thought, well, they'll have a space then. And I don't know if that's what we're supposed to do, but that was a tenacity place of saying, you know what, God, now we need a bigger building because we ran out of room. And there was tenacity pieces that it takes to say, I see the call and what you've called us to do. Now help us to do it. There's a maturity in that that comes, leaving what's behind and forgetting it, but going towards that goal that he has. You know, and receiving that conviction from God and the correction from him, you know, getting that peace off and going to that next glory without condemnation. There is therefore no, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That you would not beat yourself up and remember it anymore. Because it's as far as the east is to the west and con condemnation is not of God. Don't beat yourself up. I remember hearing a teaching on this when I was in YWAM and I was 18 years old and it changed my life because I was one that beat myself up over everything. And I thought, I have to learn to lay this down. Was it an instant thing? No. It was a glory to glory thing. Okay, I'm laying down more condemnation. Okay, I'll lay a little more down. It doesn't instantaneously happen. But as you set your eyes on that goal and you understand the difference between God convicting and changing us than condemnation, it'll change your life. Remember to check your self-talk too. I say this a lot. But make sure what you're hearing is encouraging you in the things of God and it's not beating you up. What you are even thinking is starting to line up with scripture. Okay, it starts here in our head. So we're not Christians who want to be tossed in those waves, do we? God changed me to be more like you. Hmm. One thing I've noticed with mature Christians is they aren't praying, God change them, God change them, God change them. They're like going low and saying, God change me, I want to be more like you. Their prayer life looks different. And the reason why I've been stirred in this is I was looking at and studying Matthew 24 and Revelation, and so, you know, I'm feeling stirred on the end times. I, your homework this week, if you take homework, read Matthew 24 and 25. That's really what I want you to go after. That's the homework this week. But I was reading through and looking at what Jesus was talking about in the end times, and he says, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not ashamed, alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be families and famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of the birth pains. And I've been reading this going, this is why we need to equip the saints. Is you know what? We've probably been in birth pains for a lot of years, right? But he's coming back for a bride. 
I was looking at Revelation 19 as well about him talking, but I just want to say one thing about Matthew 24, is he's talking about the destruction of the temple, his second coming, and the end. In Matthew 24 and 25, as you read it, we aren't going to go into eschatology anytime soon, but as you read it, I want you to think about, this is why we're equipping the saints. This is why we want to see as many people saved. Can you imagine in our generation if we see a city saved? Can you imagine the ramifications if then from that city they're sent out just like an ax? What would that look like for the next generation and the next generation? That's why I feel so strongly about this message. <laughs> Equipping the saints. All right, Revelation 19. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of a rushing waters, and like loud perils of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready Fine linens, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linens stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. We're preparing for something, you guys. You know, leaving what's behind and pressing on for what's ahead, that's it. We are becoming more like him because he is, we are going to spend eternity with him and he's coming back for that bride. And I want as many people as I can to be with me. You know, that's what we can bring to heaven are those who are getting saved and set free. As we grow in maturity, as we stay the course, are we being challenged in our walk? You know, are we being aware of his presence? Are we being equipped? God loves you too much to keep you in that same place. He loves us way too much. And sometimes to get out of that place is a lot of adversity to push us to that next glory. But just remember, he's changing us to be more like him. Um, <clears throat> way back in the beginning, I started this with Maranatha. Jesus has come, Jesus is coming, Jesus come. He's coming again. He's coming now as we worship and his presence is so weighty in this place. Recently I heard um, Joseph Garlington, um, do you know Bishop Joseph Garlington is a pastor in Pennsylvania and he's a part of our network of churches and he's a, very much a prophet. And he was prophesying about 2022 and I was just listening to him, but when he prophesies, he's a real teacher of the word. It's not just like release. He was with Dutch Sheets and they were, Dutch is just going, prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. And Joseph like prophesies and then teaches the word. You know, that's how he prophesies. I love to listen to him. And anyway, <clears throat> and the thing that was coming up a lot is that, you know, persecution, but also great revival. And we've heard that a lot. And you know, I look at Acts, I'm like, that's how the church grew. I don't know any other way to do it. I think it's God's formula probably because that's what happened at the new church in Acts, right? And I, he said, you know, how the body's being equipped and ready. But he said, I challenge you guys to make sure you know your people are saved and set free. 
There's one thing when they give their life to Christ. There's another thing when they get that freedom in him. And I just challenge us in our lives and in those that we are discipling and those that we are around and those that we are leading to Jesus, you know, we can lead them to Christ, but we want them freedom in Christ. We want them growing those roots deep. I just challenge us in that. Be praying into that. Be praying into your people. Who are your people that you're supposed to impact in this race? Who are they? I want to close with uh, us just standing up. I asked Nate, I was like, I don't really have a good clothes today. I just feel like I want God to just move on us. So Sabrina, will you come up here? I feel like... I don't say I don't have a good clothes because I felt like Holy Spirit had something. That's what I should say. It's like, I didn't feel like I was supposed to do much except Holy Spirit speak to you. And I felt like he was already queuing that up with worship today. How many people were just getting God's downloads or even a touch, just like Dennis said, maybe electricity or heat or whatever it looks like. But he was so present and he's been present in this time with the word. And I know he wants to speak to each one of us. And that's what I felt like in this close. I just want us to end just actually quiet and just allowing God to speak to us as we are growing in him. Jesus, I thank you that you love us too much to keep us in the same place. You are moving us from glory to glory. And as we go on our way, God, I pray that you speak to each one of us this week, that we will step out in the things that you've called us to do. God, I thank you for this church and I thank you for the move of God. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.